All right, everybody, we are the Georgia Songbirds. We're here with Mr. Josh Padgett from Canvas Ruin. Uh, we're going to do an album review today of his album, uh, Eventually Probably, right? Yes, sir. Thanks. Go ahead and introduce yourself, Josh, and uh, tell everybody why the name Eventually Probably. I like the already. I'm Josh Padgett. I uh, sing and play guitar in a indie alt-rock band called Canvas Ruin. It's uh, the, the album name is mostly... A, a reference to Oasis's uh, Definitely Maybe, which is their okay. first record. And two, because we had some uh, trouble finishing the record, because we wrote all the songs a couple years ago, but just because of uh, you know the other uh, member of the band, Matthew, he, um, you know, he had a kid, he got a new job, so it just, you know, a lot of things kind of hung up the process. So it was more of a joke in terms of like, you know, yeah, we'll get it done eventually, probably. Okay. <laughs> See, I like that. That's that's why I ask questions because like when I've had this before, but like with rock bands and with rappers, they have such weird names. And then like the albums, I'm always curious how you're gonna name a song or an album. Uh, because I'm always big, like, if I, I have a title song in there, I'll name it after the title song and kind of direct it that way. Uh, but, yeah, I didn't think about the Oasis. That's that's cool. I like Oasis. Yeah, I'm a big Oasis fan. I grew up listening to them. So I it was the record that I grew up listening to was their second record, which is What's the Story, Morning Glory. Mm -hmm. But their first record was called Definitely Maybe, which is kind of the same kind of joke. Okay. So I was like, yeah. I guess that that's appropriate. Yep. See, I remember <laughs> the one with uh, "What's the Morning" because it's oh, it has "Champagne Supernova" yeah. and "Wonderwall" that everybody wants you to play, and that was a good album. That's, a, I, that's a great record. <laughs> so let's get into yours. Yours is, uh, like I said, you named it definitely, probably, eventually, probably, eventually, probably. Did it stop recording? Hang on. There we go. See, that's why I don't do these live. <laughs> yeah. No sweat. I get it. All right, so let me pull up your your song. And what's the first song on the uh, album? It's called Shoal. It is an instrumental acoustic track. The story about that song is I wrote the instrumental probably 2015. Uh, I had just come back from Washington after visiting my sister, and I tried to write lyrics to it because I was in this other band at the time, and we had tried to work it out into a song with lyrics but i actually thought it just favored an instrumental so i ended up just keeping it for years and never used it for anything and eventually i uh recorded it um but the the story about the recording is we actually recorded it at high shoals waterfall okay uh over there in dallas um we put a condenser mic on the waterfall and one on my guitar and i just recorded the guitar instrumental in one take while the waterfall was going and we kind of did some like fade in like automation with it ended up pretty cool that's see i always people if you listen i've always wanted to do an instrumental album too i just want to put myself in the woods with my guitar and record mm -hmm. so that's really cool so let's listen to show
See, I always like instrumentals. My songwriting brain has already turned into words for it. Like I'm sitting there, oh, kaplunk. and I had like a visual in my head. I know you did it in front of a waterfall. Uh, in my head, I'm like, okay, if I was to write that, even with the sound effects into it, to me, it would be like somebody sitting on a bed and their their lover or significant other is in the shower and they're ah. writing a song, and that's what you hear. Okay. So it could fit into it. So that's clever. Yeah, I I thought it it just ended up being a good intro piece like, yep. to the record. So that was kind of why I kept it around, and I never used it for anything. So I just kind of was like, oh, that's what this is for. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Eventually, probably. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Fits with it. So yeah, I like that. I mean, yeah, I'll I'll try to put words to it if you don't mind one day. <laughs> okay. One day, just play around with it. Like I said, I love writing. Uh, all right, what's the next song on here? Uh, the next song is called Orchid. We have played this one on mm-hmm. the podcast before. It's a uh, it's a dream pop kind of like I call it shoegaze. I guess is the genre. Um, it's uh, really dreamy, really reverby, ethereal. Lots of delay, lots of layers of guitars, and kind of like detached, soft kind of vocal stylings. This song actually features uh, Becca Marie in the choruses too. Okay. Um, the, uh, song, I guess, is just about a general statement of, you know, just kind of being in a situation long past the expiration date, even though, you know, it's supposed to end, you just kind of hang around or, uh, longer than you should. That's really what it's about. Okay. Yeah. Becca came on the show. It was just, I think she came on like right after you released that mm-hmm. and we did, we did a review first too. Oh, cool. So, all right. And I'm going to put work it on for us and what i'll do is i'm gonna just let the recording go and i'll just delete it out okay
got that very 90s grunge, like STP. Oh, okay. Kind of sound to it. I can hear the Oasis in it, too. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that that song features Becca Marie on the like some of the vocals, and uh, my friend Aaron Kaufman played drums on it. Okay. And uh, Matthew, the other guitar player in Canvas Ruin, actually mixed it, but uh, Greg Hendler mastered it. Okay. He's at GMH Audio, if you've ever... It just, just to give him a plug. Yeah, absolutely. And I tell everybody, give mm-hmm. anybody who works on it a plug. I have no problem. Does Becca still play with you guys? No. Um, we she uh we, she ended up just wanting to go do her own thing. And okay. We wanted to do our thing, but no, I still we still talk. We're still really good friends. I still love her to pieces. Yeah, because that's kind of the. It's funny. You guys were the first band when you came up with Bree, mm-hmm. uh, that came live up there. Oh, okay. Uh, and then Becky came on, and then Ileana, uh, was with you guys before too and then everybody's just they i've heard your guitar playing everybody loves your music i oh. loves your guitar playing and you get you and brie came up for the um concert mm-hmm. y'all played that night too yeah we so. did that was a fun that was a fun that was a really fun uh show to it was uh for uh like a i guess like a fundraiser it was, it was a benefit for benefit. uh for calvin he was a a a friend, fan of the van, band, and uh, he had cancer, and so we were playing, and you guys were, I, don't, I just gave him everything that we raised. I didn't even count. I was like, here you go. I hope mm-hmm. it helped. And uh, Yeah. So he, he, everybody had fun. You guys got the encore because they wanted you guys to keep singing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> playing. Yeah. But what's the uh, what's the next song on here, Josh? The next song is called Vines on the Wall. Okay. And uh, this song features um, Becca as well, and... Um, the drummer for Canvas, uh, who uh, he drummed on this track, but now he actually, after working with me, like with these songs, he ended up wanting to actually join the band. Okay. So now he's our actual drummer. So the actual drummer for the band played drums and mixed and mastered this next tune. That's that's always helps when you can get all that stuff together. <laughs> yeah. So this thing, it's this song is kind of about like locations and like. Uh, uh, when you have memories of a place and like the place kind of absorbs those memories. Okay. And like when you drive past it, it's either nostalgic or maybe you had a bad experience or a good experience. And it just, it's kind of just how places kind of hold those memories for you. It's what the song's about. You know, what gets me is like every time I hear, I smell like fresh cut grass, mm-hmm. I think of football. Right. Because playing football. You know, I, I remember we played at Sprayberry one time and, I, I don't know what it was, but I was in the field. We made a tackle, and I'm laying in the softest grass I ever mm-hmm. felt in my life. Like, I just smelled it. I don't know why that that popped to me right there. But right, it does, you're right. It does have some smells have certain memories to it. Yeah. All right, let's play vines on the wall.
I like that one too. It's got kind of a 50 shuffle beat hidden yeah, in there. Yeah, it's kind of a surf rock kind of. <laughs> that was the beat I was looking for. Um, that's actually the oldest song on this record. I wrote that in probably February or March of 2019. Okay. It's the oldest one on here. I, I like that one because the style. Yeah. I know when people get like, when you get compared to people, I mean, I can't really compare it. I, mean, I, can, I get the Oasis stuff. I hear that. You're, you mentioned it and I can hear the, the way you guys do the, the melodies and the vocals mm-hmm. and stuff like that and the kind of the fuzz. Uh, but there's, other than that, like your voice, it doesn't remind me of it. Yeah. Um, I, I would say the biggest inspiration on, you might not have heard of the bands that kind of inspire this, but like The Cure. I've heard of The Cure. So you know The Cure, but um, like My Bloody Valentine. I, I must know them. Yeah, they're a, uh, they're like, they're, they're, I guess like the pioneers of like what's called shoegaze, which is like uh, this, like really like <laughs> dreamy kind of, you know, heavy guitars, but they're still like open and spacey. It's not like it's heavy, but it's not like super, I guess, like in a metal way, it's not right. heavy. You know what I mean? It's yeah. heavy and more like uh, the guitars are like in your face, but they're not like riffing right in, in the same way i suppose and like there's lots of effects lots of layers that kind of thing that's yeah. the characteristicness of it i'd say okay yeah because i mean i love pantera but mm-hmm. i i don't like listening to the screamo stuff i just i that i can't listen to but mm-hmm. the, i like hearing the the musicianship behind it and like you talk about pantera in this moment those those are like kind of like in mm-hmm. your face stuff this is very subtle and it, it's really good well thank you so much for listening yeah that's uh that's uh, yeah, like I said, the oldest song on this record actually, which is really funny because um, I when I wrote it, I wrote it on an acoustic guitar, mm-hmm. and um, I was like, I bet I could make, I could just destroy this. <laughs> <laughs> I could just like, you know, but yeah, the uh, next song is called Amber Eyes, and this song it's not really about any person or anything in particular, really. Mm-hmm. I actually was inspired to write it when I saw, this was a few years ago, there was a photo dump on Facebook of just a bunch of people with like really pretty brown eyes. Uh And so it just kind of inspired me to just like write a song about the, the eyes that I was looking at on Facebook. It's really weird. It uh, inspiration comes in different places, but it's not really about anything or anyone in particular. It's just like, how can I write about this? See, and that's yeah. why I do these this way because, I mean, I'm never going to critique somebody's music. That's just not what I do. Yeah. But I like to hear the stories, and mm. and people get inspiration. Songwriters get inspiration from everything. They pay yeah. attention to the world. And you got it from like just a, a photo dump of people with brown eyes, mm-hmm. right? So I would never thought of writing a song called Amber Eyes. I would have probably thought of, you know, shit eyes. That's yeah. That's <laughs> what <laughs> so I always told. My eyes were full of shit because they're so brown. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It was just like, how can I make this poetic and pretty? I'll I'll try it. That, that, See, yeah. that you say that, and I love that about rock and roll. Like when you hear like songwriters for like other genres, like like country, for example, or singer songwriters, they always tell stories, and they want it to be visual. Mm-hmm. Uh, rockers can get by with doing a poetic song. It can still be visual, but it's poetic and it's got the the rhythm with it and the guitars and stuff. And that's what I love about rock and roll. Yeah, it's um. I suppose, like, a lot of old rock and roll especially, like, I I mean, lyrically, often it's kind of vapid. Yeah, look at Rolling I, Stones. I got some weird lyrics. Yeah, it's a bit like, you know, oh, baby, oh, baby kind of uh-huh. stuff. But, like, I always like metaphor, and I've always liked, um, uh, 
abstract concepts. Okay. So like that's typically where I live lyrically is like I just try to make this into a how can I say this in a way that's more interesting? You know, and I, that's really where this this was an exercise in that. Okay. Yeah. So. Well, let's listen to Amber Eyes. <laughs>
very ethereal kind of sound mm-hmm. stuff to him. And you, you guys, if you don't know Josh, Josh is an amazing guitar player. And I mean, even like, I know you guys know Donnie, right? Donnie mm-hmm. Hammonds. Donnie was telling me, he's like, as you guys came in there, he's like, you blew him away just playing guitar. Oh, that's <laughs> great stuff. It's very, mm-hmm. it, how, okay. When you record that, I got, I got, I'm curious. Like, you see how many tracks I got now? I got like three for sure. your voice and all that. But how many tracks did that song have? Let me think. So there were, so the, Two rhythm guitars. Um, there was originally three. Okay. So the way that I recorded the guitars was that was the most like uh, I guess like textbook shoegaze song like My Bloody Valentine. There's a technique that they use when they play called the glider technique. Uh-huh. It's where they take I on like a like an offset Fender. You have the floating tremolo. Okay. Like on a Jazzmaster or a Jaguar or a Mustang, and every time they pick, they'll bend it in and out of tune so that's like uh for that song i just played the chords while i was doing that so i was bending it in and out of tune so i tracked that twice so it has like this warbly kind of uh, like out of phase almost effect Uh and uh, there was a another there's another lead guitar that was just like playing octaves that was a bit clean with just like a shimmery reverb so there was that track okay there was about uh, all the vocals were doubled, so there was probably six or eight vocals <laughs> on it um, with like harmonies and that kind of stuff. Becca Marie was also on that one too. Um, there's tons of vocals on that one, um, and they're all doing weird stuff, mm-hmm. just like weird harmonies and weird oohs and ahs. And uh, there were two bass tracks, so every time we record. Re- we would record bass for this record is we would uh, track it once we would split it and uh, EQ it differently. So one track would be dry, super low end, like no highs at all or any mids okay, or like maybe a little bit of mids or it would just be a more low end dry track. And then we would copy that track and put it on another one. And we would EQ all the lows out of that track and add like a chorus or like distortion or like grit, like a little more dirt okay, and uh, or compression or whatever. And we would blend them. That's how we would get the bass tones. So uh, and all the drums were, I don't know, there's probably a dozen <laughs> uh, mics on a drum kit. So yeah, yeah that, yeah. So that that shows you guys when you go to record and you're doing like all these tracks, like it it, it does add up. Yeah, there, there. I'd say there's that one's minimal in comparison <laughs> to the other tracks. Yeah. See, I, I the what I stood out about to me was the was the vocals, the oohs and the ahs. And yeah. Stuff. That that made the whole song to me like just like make my ears perk. First time I heard, it's like oh, I really like that. It makes it sound like. If you're going like on those CW shows or something, you know, like yeah. a dark show, and they put that in music, in the sync music stuff, okay, it would fit. I think, I don't know what show they would do, but they have all kinds of dark song shows that it fits because yeah. of the mood. It's, I don't think it's a dark song, nah. but but yeah. the mood of it kind of like it's it would fit into it. Yeah, it it's very spacious and like um it it's kind of like a like it's kind of like a synthesizer or like a te- mm. or like a texture. It's a, it's an instrument, so yeah. it's just another piece of that. I'd say that's that's how I treat the vocals a lot on this kind of music. Okay, it's just another, not so. I mean, yeah, lyrics are important, but it's more of a another instrument in a way. Yeah. Instead of just like an accomp, like the music isn't just an accompaniment for the vocal. Like a lot of 
music is. Mm -hmm. But that's great too. This music it kind of marries the two. Yeah, yeah. And see, it took me years to realize to even think of it that way that. The voice is an instrument on itself. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's doing its own thing, and I don't have to match my guitar playing to that. I can play the guitar, and then I can just make the the vocals their own instrument. Yeah, same key and everything, but you know, just make it flow however I want to. It took me years to figure that out. That, yeah. That's cool that you got that. So, what's the the next song on the, the album? next song is called Flint and Tender, and this song is another instrumental song. Okay, it's um. Uh, it dates back to probably 2015 as well. I wrote it in a really weird open C tuning. Okay. It's, um, I think it, the tuning was C, A, C, G, C, E. It's like a C6 tuning. And uh, I actually triple tracked it. And uh, it took me forever because I, uh, I didn't use a click track <laughs> when I recorded the initial one. And I was uh. just like, uh, I don't want to have to do that again. So I just had to keep listening to it and rec- so i wanted to like have two on the right uh, left and right and one in the center mm-hmm. and this one's pretty it has a lot going on so there's not like any waterfalls or anything but I there's gotcha. there's some reverb and stuff like that so it's just another just another interlude track all right we'll listen to flint and tinder Thank you. 
I've always liked when people could do the harmonic stuff at it. Mm. Thomas Hines is really good at doing that. Mm-hmm. I, can't, I can't do it very good. I try it. I can hit it, but I can't do it like regularly every time. <laughs> it's um, it's it's definitely like a finesse thing. It, it you kind of have to work up to it, I suppose. Yeah, I'm not finesse. I'm all Mongo. <laughs> There's no finesse with me. <laughs> <laughs> I skate Mongo. <laughs> I skateboard Mongo. Do you? I do. Oh, yeah. Um, the next song. Uh, I, well, actually, that song. Yeah, that was uh, that was another one that we tried to put. Um, I was in this band like in 2015 with my best friend Michael, and uh, he wrote some lyrics to it that he ended up really disliking. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of like kept it, like I just kept the music, and I just you know I w- I had all of these little pieces hanging around, and I just really wanted to kind of s- use them as like segues, yeah. like to those those two the two acoustic guitar pieces on the record are just. They're segues and they're, they mean something, but it was, it's nice to like, I really just wanted to have, I wanted to put them somewhere. I liked them a lot and I actually liked them instrumental, like without lyrics and feel like they fit that way. And that's why I put them on the record, I'd say. Yeah. You don't always have to have uh, lyrics for songs. Yeah. I know as, as a lyricist, sometimes it's like, but you need lyricists, (laughs) but you don't have to. Cause I mean, some of the best songs, there is an Almond Brothers song. What is it? It's, um, is it Jennifer? Uh, Jessica. Mal- Jessica. Yes, that's just straight instrumental. Yeah. Or whatever. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. what's the next song you said on the, the next song is called Apricot. Okay. And this is uh this song is just kind of about, you know, you enter a new relationship and you're just like, When is the next shoe gonna drop? Mm-hmm. Why is this so good? Why is this happening and what is what's the catch? Right. I'm just it's <laughs> I'm more or less joking, but it's just kind of like, maybe it's not conventional. Maybe it's not exactly um, how you've experienced it in the past, but it's working for you. Okay. And like, that's the, between you two, it's just your, if it works for you, that's your business. Yeah. That's really what the song's about. There's no conventional way to be in love or fall in love or be with somebody there. It just, if it works for you, that's great. And, um, Not being used to that, yeah. not being used to being so harmonious, like in like a relationship and just kind of the confusion that comes with that. That's what the song's about. Okay. Well, let's listen to Apricot. Apricot? Ap- I say I, apricot. I say apricot. Apricot. Tomato, tomato, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I see you at your core.
I like that one too. That's a, that's a good one. Thank you so much. Do you have a favorite song on the album? Do I? I see you bob into this one. I see you over there kind of. I think this, it might be this one. <laughs> <laughs> I think it, it's either that one or Amber Eyes, I'd say. Okay. Yeah, I see. What I like so far out of all of them, the ones I like the best is Vines on the Wall. That's okay. my favorite one out of all of them so far. This oh. was good, though. This was I like that one. Okay. that that's uh, I think that's Matthew's favorite is Vine. Vine on the Wall. Yeah. yeah. He did a lot of guitar on that one. That's probably why. So, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, he did a lot of the guitar stuff, too, like the like a lot of like uh, melod- melodic stuff. Yeah. Like, he came up with a lot of that. So okay. it was kind of cool. See, that's important in, in rock music and any really any, I think any style of music is because the, when you put the melodic the instrumentation into it, it has to be melodic in places as well yeah. too. Yeah, and a lot this is all melody based music, mm-hmm. I'd say. Like every song is hook and melody right. kind of is eccentric. So, because when people were trying to hum a song, like what is that song? They're like, mm-hmm, and start, they're singing usually the yeah. musical riff, and that's what will make them think of the words. Yeah, exactly. So this next song is called "150 Days," and this might be my most personal song okay. that I've written. It's also the heaviest on the record. No, no, no. The last song is the heaviest on the record, but um, this is pro- probably the, um, I guess, like the second heaviest. It's um. Kind of just about, you know, when you have a family member and the pressure that you feel to just kind of accept mm-hmm. their unacceptable behavior <laughs> and the way that they treat you just because they're family. Yeah. And just coming to terms with the fact that it's okay to just say no and to set boundaries and to say no. It doesn't matter if we're related. It doesn't matter if, you know, we're, if I, if you're my mother or father or brother or sister or uh, uncle, aunt, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have the right to make me feel the way that you make me feel just because I'm related to you. That's what the song's about. Okay. Well, this is to 150 days. Mm-hmm.
got a very zombie feel yeah like cranberries cranberries yeah yeah and i'm sitting there and i'm i love the bass the bass groove to it because it's it's i'm sitting there counting the tempo which i normally if you guys know me i don't count tempo at all so i'm like ton two and then but the bass is, is like almost double time so it's like it's it makes it sound faster than it actually is yeah it it, it is definitely the the drive the, the guitars are doing like open chord kind of or like uh kind of almost dissonant kind of things uh-huh. in it but the bass is kind of the in this song specifically is the really driving right instrument in it that was the that was the that was the idea it was cool i, I caught on to it because yeah. i'm like i, I love the f- see when we, I, I play music and i write i could never play like the 180 beat that's just i'm not that good of a guitar player so if i could play half that but the bass can play that then it sounds the same you know it fits <laughs> and that's what i like i like to bet that i feel you yeah <laughs> yeah that also had becca on it as well she featured on that song okay too. and uh matthew uh the other guitar player he he did a lot of guitars on that one as well gotcha so. And uh, the next song is actually a cover. I have the rights to it because I uh, pay for it on DistroKid every year. Um, it's by a band called Swerve Driver, okay. if you've ever heard of them. Um, they uh, they are in that same world as the bands we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. They're from Oxford. They started in like the late 80s. They, um, I like to think them, think of them as if like Iggy Pop and the Stooges... <laughs> like uh if Iggy Pop joined the Cure. That's okay. kind of how they sound in my opinion. Like they're really um lots of interesting guitar stuff, really interesting melodic stuff happening and like crazy layers. They're just they're an all-around one they're one of my favorite bands. Okay. So this song's called Rave Down. Now, how did you get yeah. the rights to it then? Oh, you go on DistroKid and you when you want to upload a cover. Uh-huh. All you do is say this is a cover song, and they pay for the rights. Okay. And you pay DistroKid yearly, so I, uh, I mean, the, it's it's out on streaming platforms. It's everywhere. So okay. like, I'm. 
See, I was curious about that because I know there's different ways to go about getting permission for a cover. Because if you wait for the actual artist to reach out to you, a lot of times they're never going to do it. Yeah. Um, so DistroKid is a it's a it's a music distribution right. service. If you, I'm sure like a lot of DIY artists know mm-hmm. about DistroKid. That's what I use. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, they have a cover song option on there. I have to look. I've never looked for it. It's about I think it's like eight dollars a year. That's some, not, that's not bad. Yeah, and um, that's. It's something like that. And I mean, just to keep your music on there, I think it's like $12 a year if it's all original music. Mm-hmm. And you have an unlimited number of uploads like the whole year. It's just $12 a year or something. I th- yeah, I think for, I don't remember because I got too many prescriptions for it, but that's a whole different podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, that that's, I mean, it's on streaming platforms. It's everywhere. So I'm sure it's okay. completely fine to play it on here, right? <laughs> yeah, as far as I know, with they yeah. called me, I'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's listen to Rave Down. By Swerve Driver.
Your drummer went crazy on that song. Yeah, that's <laughs> Matthew Carmichael. He's unreal. <laughs> <laughs> I like. He's just going. Man, he's going to town on that drums. Yeah, that's that's one of my favorite songs, like in the history of the world. So, like, I was. I'm not against doing covers. Like, I mean, there's certain cover gigs that you'll do where you're like, oh man, not this song again. Uh-huh. But like, you know, covers that I enjoy, like songs I like to listen to, like it's especially like something like this. It's just, I don't know. This was such a blast to record. Mm-hmm. I had such a good time just doing it. And I just, um, that that's the those are the kinds of covers I like to do is just like out there kind of you know. It's funny that song right there that you covered. It was you sang it a little different. Like your voice is normally you put all the effects and stuff on it. Uh, this your voice actually came more to the forefront of it. Yeah, it um. On this record, a lot of the tracks are actually dry. There's just a lot of double tracking uh-huh. and uh, some delay. But like that song, yeah, it's really um, it's really dry. Like the vocal is just dry the same on the original it was dry so it was just we wanted to kind of be faithful to the original i I suppose but um i yeah i mean it it just depends on the song yeah see when i do cover i'm not gonna be faithful i'm taking that i'm taking that shit and turn it to my way (laughs) yeah i feel you i don't blame you i can't do it the other way so we got what one more song on here yeah we have one more song but speaking of doing things your way i actually um did an acoustic version of Rio by Duran Duran. Had really? A, had a kick the other night. <laughs> it ended up, it, it was totally different, but it ended up going pretty well. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, that is really cool. Like, see, and you could do stuff like that. As, as great as a guitar player, you could take these songs and change them any way you want to. I, I've never been on covers. I just, I love more original stuff yeah. too. But I think if you're going to take it, play around with it. Yeah, sure. Just mess it up a little bit. See what you can do with it. Yeah. This song was just so perfect. Like this one, like mm-hmm. w- the way it was that I just, I opted to just, yeah. I really, I liked the way it was and I enjoyed playing it that way. So yeah. it was like, it, yeah. it it was good. Like I said, and if you play that stuff out, your drummer, he's on, Matthew's in your, is the actual drummer, right? Yeah. He is you? the actual drummer yeah, for he's, Canvas. He's an amazing drummer. Yeah. He also mixed that. Did and, he? And mastered it. Yeah. Okay. So the vines on the wall, rave down the next song we're about to play and uh, apricot he mixed and mastered the drummer he also okay. played drums on those so that's really that's multi-talented and it saves you money when you can do all that stuff yourself <laughs> yeah i still paid him but yeah <laughs> i gave him some i mean i, I wanted to pay him for right. his work and when he when he did this stuff he wasn't in the band yet but okay i we're actually i'm in a band with him we do a death metal band so i do vocals in that and um that's uh I just kind of showed him some stuff I was working on and I said, you know, this is the first thing that we recorded together me and him was okay. the cover you just heard. Really? That was the first thing me and him like worked on together. Like I just like I would go to his house and like record the vocals for the death metal band mm-hmm. like but I invited him. I was like, "Hey man, you want to do a cover with me? This weird obscure band from the 90s, the song, maybe you'd like it." Yeah, we can do that. No problem. He just had his he just went and just did it and sent it to me and i'm just like okay i guess I, i'll do my part <laughs> and uh he i sent him back to him it took us about four days to just do the whole thing which was crazy because yeah. he just mixed him he, he's he's quick he's he's like clockwork man that guy is a talented guy now so, does he do for other people too or just for you guys he's done for, he does mostly metal stuff okay like mostly like like extreme metal like death metal like technical stuff mm-hmm. you know that kind of thing 
And uh, the band that we're in together is called Mirthless. Okay. It's a, uh, it's like a progressive, like technical, extreme death metal band, like extreme metal, death metal, whatever. They don't really like to give it labels, but I don't know. These last two songs were very much like super death metal. Okay. So it was, <laughs> I don't really know how else to describe it, but yeah, Matthew, he plays drums in that. He played drums on the, on the last song he and he's mixed four tunes on this record so that's really good. just wanted to give him a shout out yeah, absolutely like I said, and, and as i said earlier anybody you can give shouts out to by all means because i know they work really hard on this stuff and mm-hmm. they, they deserve it yeah absolutely so we got one more song it's called Catherine. yep and this song is also really dark um basically the origin of this song if you've ever heard of sleep paralysis mm-hmm. so the first time and really the only time it ever happened to me was 2018. I woke up, but I couldn't move. I could just move my eyes around and I was looking around the room and you know, your brain just starts kind of manifesting dark, spooky stuff. And like all these little tentacles are crawling around on my wall and stuff. And I'm just like, Oh my God, am I dreaming? I have to be dreaming right now. (laughs) And I move my eyes over to the window and I see this, uh, I don't know if it was a ghost, an angel, just a just a person that my brain was just like manifesting because I was dreaming. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not, I'm not a religious person. I don't believe in like supernatural things or anything like that. But this was terrifying. And this, this woman like looked not old but not like a young woman it was she was more like a mother's age kind of woman i suppose i don't know how else to explain it she had like dark hair but she didn't look like emaciated or anything she looked normal but she was kind of glowy but Mm -hmm. she looked she didn't look like scary but just the situation was scary so i'm just like oh my god who is this person and she (laughs) uh inches towards my bed and a, and then she reaches her hand out and touches under my I'm under the covers but she touches where my leg is and I wake up immediately. Wow. It was the most terrifying thing that ever happened to me and nothing like that has ever happened to me since. Like you woke up or your body woke up? Like my everything woke up. Like I was my my eyes were like open mm-hmm. and but I was still dreaming. You know what I mean? That's sleep paralysis. I couldn't move my body. Uh-huh. I could just move my eyes around and see and take in all of the distorted, creepy images my brain was coming up with is what was happening. Okay. Yeah, my brace, my bassist had that. He woke up. He said he was on a couch, and he woke up, and he couldn't move. Yeah. And it was like that. For like, he's just frozen for two minutes before his body would just wake up. Yeah, that's kind of what happened to me. So, like, yeah, my body did wake up as soon as she touched me. Wow. That's, see, now, yeah. not to get religious because people can believe what they want, but if if you don't believe in something like that and then it happens to you, that, I think it scares you because it's like, because uh, my son's the same way. He's very, he's not, he's got, he's more things of a science related. Yeah. Like everything he thinks of is there's a natural, there's, there's an explanation for yeah. it. Yeah. And I always tell them, I was like, okay, you believe what you want, I'll believe what I want. When I yeah. die, we'll find out what it, what's real. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. And I, like I said, everyone has the right to their own beliefs and mm-hmm. what they believe. I'm not a believer. I'm not a religious person. But I sup- 100% support people's like beliefs and what they want to think. And it's completely, if that works for you, uh-huh. that's great. Really, it just doesn't work for me. But that was really creepy. Yes. <laughs> that, the, that, that might have scared me, though. Yes, I believe I'm going to church. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, not not me, but it was because it, I, I, I wasn't able to rationalize. Like, to me, it's just like, oh, yeah, I, I probably just had like, you know, I was really stressed out or I was just really, you know, I was going through a hard time or whatever. And th- this is the manifestation of that or whatever. But it was it was it was crazy. It was terrifying. Well, this song is about that. <laughs> I didn't know what to call her or like so i just started kind of like we wrote the music first me and matthew mm-hmm. uh the guitar player is also named matthew um we kind of came up with these you know progressions and like these little guitar things and i wanted to write about the thing i saw but um i just started kind of singing the chorus a little bit and i just the name Catherine came out so i named that person i saw in my sleep paralysis episode Catherine. so i just kind of wrote the concept around that okay name it was just the first name that came to mind now did you go google Catherine angels and see if she popped up in any of them no nothing <laughs> nothing like that no that's a good idea though yep now i'm curious <laughs> maybe right. we can do that yeah <laughs> all right so here we go with Catherine.
All right. While we were listening to that, I had to Google <laughs> Catherine. And there's a Saint Catherine that he we found that he said is what he saw. It's Saint Catherine it, of Siena. It kind of looks like that. Um, I don't think she was wearing a headdress or anything, but the facial structure looks similar. But I also could just be, you know, trying to make connections. But that one looks a bit familiar. So yeah. here, here's what they somebody wrote about it. It says, maybe it's a legend, but Catherine of Siena claimed she saw a demon. So hideous the malicious being was that if Catherine was given the choice of gazing upon a demon just for a moment or walking on a path of red-hot coals for the rest of her life, she would choose the latter. Hmm. That's cool. Interesting. Right? See, I like to look stuff like that up. That, that is weird. That is really weird. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Well, thank you, Josh, for coming on and doing the album review. I enjoyed your album. I enjoyed the stories. Uh, so tell everybody uh, all your social media, where they can find you, all that stuff. Certainly. I'm on uh, Instagram, Facebook, under Josh Paget. Um, on Instagram, I'm uh, under Can- – it's just Canvas Ruin, just one word. Um, you can find us on all streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, uh, Amazon Music, whichever you prefer. We're on all of them. And uh, – what do you think of this last tune? I liked it. I, yeah. I I liked I liked we talked about dark stuff earlier. Yeah. Um it's stuff like that I listen to and automatically my main my mind goes to just like shows like on Paramount or whatever I watch, right? Right. And especially since you started talking about like the 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 angel or whatever we saw and it's like, okay, you're seen that show Evil on Paramount? Yeah. I watched that show I'm saying that would be a good song to be put in there mm. in some kind of situation. Okay, maybe, yeah. That was really inspired by uh, The Cure. That song in particular, The Cure, and like Susie and the Banshees and Bauhaus, like the goth rock kind of stuff from that era. And uh, specifically the record uh, Pornography by The Cure. That It's super, super dark. It's an incredibly dark album. And Susie and the Banshees, like them as well. And, uh, you know, just it's that kind of era. That's what the song is just kind of like based in i suppose i was listening to that drum beat done how he did it it was like it's funny how like when how they come up with certain things for songs like a drummer will come up with a certain beat for a song because it makes the whole song go in a, in a certain direction yeah and that's why i was listening to it it's like a it's like a little little shuffle kind of right like a step high step or something it, it was good like a surf rock thing not, not as much as that <laughs> as the other one but yeah. it, it had a little bit of a beat that just like it it kept it from going too dark. Yeah. Like the beat was like a little happy stutter step or a little bit. Yeah. So. I suppose. Interesting. Yeah. I guess it was kind of a bit, uh, more of a jovial sounding beat. <laughs> right. I suppose with everything else being super dark. That's funny. <laughs> well, that's how <laughs> they, I mean, you think about how many sad songs that people write that just pick the tempo up and it's people dancing and having a good time, but the song itself is dark or sad, but it's just the the music is making you feel a different way absolutely i mean there's plenty of bands that i love that use that formula like the smiths in particular they they do that um same with joy division they've done that like the kind of juxtaposition of like really depressing content or right. really dark content with jovial sounding music whereas the music was all dark but the, yeah the, in this song but yeah the drum beat was a little bit more upbeat i suppose yeah and right. and i know in this yeah. moment there's a lot of that too because they're because yeah. they do dark stuff and and we talk about forward pantera their mute i love their music musicianship 
but you just I couldn't I couldn't get over the screaming part of it, but I still would listen to the 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 music made me feel something. Yeah, and the words I was like, okay, but I, I'm not saying yours that way. I'm just saying that music. It's funny like the 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 correlation of what you, what you're saying to what you're hearing. Sure, and it's it's like it makes your brain think one thing. That's why I think with music, people have a way of interpreting each song their own way. Yeah, because people's brains are different. So like it's like you hear something and it makes you think of something, but it could be completely different of what you're trying to say. I I, I completely agree with that. I all art is subjective. Mm-hmm. All art is um, you know open to interpretation and like. That's why, I mean, a lot of artists that I like don't even like to talk about what their songs are about because right. they feel like it kind of thins the veil of, you know, what people are getting out of it. Yeah. Because, like, you know, one person might hear a song and it speaks to them in this way. Another person hears it and it helps them through this situation. It might be a different situation. Yeah. But, like, either way, like, interpretation is super important. And that that's why so many artists I respect just kind of, like, leave their music open, like mm-hmm. kind of vague, kind of um, uh, unresolved, or what's the word? So basically, like they just they don't give you they're they're not forthcoming with the subject matter of their music right. because it's so important to them that it remains subjective. Yeah, you know See, what I mean. Yeah, I know because when I do these album reviews, not everybody wants to do them for that very reason because right. they're like, well, I don't want to tell the stories behind it. It's like, okay, well that's fine because I mean. But I tell them, I will never critique the music. That's not what I do. I'm yeah. a songwriter. I want to hear the stories. And even if it's the story of the song, maybe it's a story of, yeah, we went to it, and this is what happened on the way to the to the studio. We came across this, and the idea for this song came about. Boom. Yeah. That, that's what I do this for, because I, I understand, because, like, oh, well, you're trying to write a song. It's like, I want you to interpret it this way. People can interpret it how they want to. I don't want, I don't want to... They, how I say it? you used to open ended song, but you want them to interpret it however they want, but it's not necessarily what you what you meant by it. Yeah, I mean, even with what the kind of vague descriptions I was giving of the songs I earlier, I mean I wanted I there's not really like a universal like this song was about this experience that right. had none of my songs are like except maybe the last song that's 100% based on an experience that happened to me. Right. Like that's just kind of how the music came. But like, if you listen to it and you interpret it in this way or that way, and you think it's about this or that, that's completely fine too. Yeah. So it's, it's more or less like, um, everything I write is pretty vague lyrically in terms of like, it's, I'm not a very direct lyricist Mm -hmm. in, in the sense, like I'm going to write about a particular topic. I'm going to write about, I'm more or less just kind of verbalizing feelings right. or like verbalizing, uh, trying to paint a picture mm-hmm. more or less, not exactly, you know, this is about this topic that I'm not, I'm, I'm a lot less black and white than that. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I completely agree with that I, my, my son gave me a challenge. He said, I want you to write a song, daddy. That's my oldest son. He's 26. He said, I want you to write a song. Uh, you're saying one thing, but it means another. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay. And, and I thought about it, like, oh, I can do that. And I did. I wrote a song, and it's called I See You. And I don't play it out anywhere because it's just it's so old that I haven't. I want to fix it. But I did play it once when I first wrote it. I went and played it. And this lady goes, oh, my God, it's so beautiful. Is that about your wife? And I was like, God, I hope not. Because the song that I wrote was about a man. 
I'll show you lyrics in a second, but it was about a man that was crazy, right? Yeah. So he was so in love with this woman, he kidnapped her. She's chained in the basement. Oh. So everything that I'm saying in the song is literal, but people are taking it figuratively because you don't think about somebody's going to chain to the walls of love, right? It's, I'll show you in a second. Oh, wow. I have to show you. That's dark. <laughs> it's, it's a oh, it's a completely dark song. It is yeah. really, really dark. It's like a murder ballad it or is something. Very murder ballad. <laughs> yeah. But thank you, Josh, for coming on. Hey, thank you so much for having me, Jesse. I really that, appreciate it. That you. was so much fun. All right, everybody, we'll go get into off topics here in a second, but but you don't get to hear it, so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but that was Josh Paget uh, with the Canvas Ruin and his uh, album. Eventually, probably. Yes, sir. I'm saying that right. Because you, you mentioned Oasis er- earlier. Now that, that's creeping into my yeah, head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll make sure I get it right. Eventually, probably. And it is ready. It's already out. In the it's baby. already out. All mm-hmm. right. So when this comes out, guys, it'll already be out anyway. Uh, but you can listen to it, download it, and stream it. And I said, Josh, I'll start putting your songs in rotation for the radio station as well, okay. like New Music Monday. Cool. Uh, and then put it into um, the... Um, the weekly top 10 countdown i can't do all of them because some of it is too heavy and i do some other radio stations but yeah. some of them i can like the vines on a wall that'll be the next one i'll put in there for okay you. no problem i completely understand that all right everybody this is george songbird and that was josh badger thank you josh thank you